0: Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help teens and adults with autism become more independent and successful. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. It is hard enough for teens and adults with autism who live in the United States to get proper support in their lives. However, when you don't speak English fluently, the opportunity to get that support is much more challenging. Today we will talk with Avet Sarkar, a multicultural and information specialist at the Ohio Coalition for the Education of Children with Disabilities about these challenges and what can be done to provide better support for teens, adults, and their family members. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. And for those that speak Spanish, hola a todos y bienvenido a Autism Stories donde lo conectamos con personas increíbles que ayudan a los adolescentes y adultos con autismo a ser más independientes y exitosos. Soy tu... Anfitrión, Doug Bletcher, el fundador de Autism Personal Coach. Ya es bastante difícil para los adolescentes y adultos con autismo que viven en los Estados Unidos obtener el apoyo adecuado en sus vidas. Sin embargo, cuando no habla inglés con fluidez, la oportunidad de obtener ese apoyo es mucho más desafiante. Hoy hablaremos con Ivette Sarkar, especialista en información multicultural de la Coalición de Ohio para la Educación de Niños con Discapacidades sobre estos desaf- desaf- desafíos y que se puede hacer para brindar un mejor apoyo a est- estos adolescentes, adultos y sus familiares. Esperamos que disfrutes la conversación de hoy. Vet, thank you for joining us today.
1: Okay, thank you for having me.
0: So in doing research uh, to interview you, I learned that we have something in common, that both of us have parents that have lived in Mexico for a portion of their lives. How has that had an impact on your life?
1: Um, I have been fortunate to have been exposed to both cultures. It's given me a unique ability to understand and relate with the challenges that the Latin American families face in their country and here in the United States. Having been raised there as a youngster um, has shaped my life's purpose and career.
0: And. How did you then become involved in like the autism and disability community?
1: Okay, so my my first job after graduating uh, college, Ohio State University, I was working in an adult group home actually in Cincinnati, Ohio. I got a first-hand perspective of the everyday challenges that the residents face from basic life skills to working full-time jobs. Many of those residents had come from mental institutions and had suffered significant trauma by staff. So, that's kind of where it started later down the road um, I got I have family members with autism so that's how I directly connected with autism but initially I've always been passionate about working with individuals with disabilities Mm
0: -hmm. now presently you're the uh, multicultural and information specialist at the Ohio coalition for the education of children with disabilities so what are all your responsibilities there
1: Uh, The Ohio Coalition is the parent training and information center for the state of Ohio. So we're a federally funded program to uh, here to assist families um, and provide resources. So we do training, we provide guidance, resources to professionals and families uh, uh, with school school age kids from kindergarten to grade twelve. We have knowledge of special education laws. Um, As it relates to parents' rights, uh, free appropriate public education, and the implementation of IEP and 504 plans, we attend school meetings and support our families, uh, help them to advocate for themselves and their children. Mm -hmm.
0: Now I know it's hard enough for those with autism and their families to figure out where to go for the support they need in their lives, but combine that with the fact that families that that aren't fluent in English, can you maybe talk about the challenges those families face?
1: They have many barriers. First of all, just having lived in Latin America and also being here, it's a very different world. I lived in Mexico City, so it wasn't like being at the beach, you know. I lived in an actual real busy city. And they're very interconnected with family and friends, and they have a support network there. When they come here and live, that support network is not here. They're very alone. Many of them don't have computers. They don't have cars. They can't get around to take their kids to appointments. And um, but they're still very determined, just as any one of us is, in advocating for their children and helping them. Parents have a very hard time with language barriers um, in particular, and some of the translators, in fact, are not always communicating the essence of what they want to communicate with the professionals or with the school districts. So communication is probably the most difficult barrier for parents and the lack of support in the in their family support.
0: Now, the translators... Are they just not fluent enough in Spanish or where does that miscommunication come in place?
1: I just think people are different and some of them are not qualified translators. So a lot of times parents will go to a meeting, there will be a translator at the meeting, and the parent will communicate something and the translator may just summarize what that parent said or may miss some very important points on both sides because the professional sometimes communicates something back to the parent and it gets missed. So I always tell the parents, if you feel that that translator is not effectively communicating your message, advocate to the school. You can do that and ask for someone different so that your so that you feel like your meetings are meaningful and that your input is being considered in your kids' academic programming
0: how like what qualifications do the translators have, and like how much time do they spend with the families prior to trying to communicate with like the medical professionals or or whoever in these appointments? Well, a
1: qualified translator. I think that a lot of times schools will just take someone who's bilingual and say, here, you translate (laughs) at this meeting. And a qualified translator is someone who can read, write, speak, have full understanding, and is proficient in both languages. So what we're seeing is that some of these translators are not qualified because they're not fully proficient in both languages.
0: Now, what about like legal status? Because um, there are millions of Latino people in the United States who are here legally but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have citizenship yet. Um, as a result they aren't available for or qualify for public assistance and other programs which can be such a significant support for those with autism to become more independent and successful. So what can be done to make sure those people get the supports that they need?
1: Well. Kids have to be identified regardless of their legal status. So when they're in school under child find, if this, the district suspects a disability or the parent, they have to investigate, evaluate, and provide interventions and related services if applicable. I know in some of my counties there are Spanish-speaking community. like in Cleveland is Esperanza, and in Lorraine we have El Centro, And families can go to those organizations, and they also provide a wealth of resources. I know in Cleveland, Esperanza is very connected with the school districts and helping those families connect to resources. So they're not just a separate program. They're in the schools there to help families. So um, doctor's offices can provide resources. I get a lot of referrals from the Cleveland Clinic and University Hospital. I get resources from Social workers, the board, of D- the the county boards of DD, and ultimately, once the families are connected, I tell them everything that's available to them, um, and I help them get everything done.
0: So. For English speaking families, a, a big challenge is is finding resources. Just for our services, I still think, you know, there's there's so many families out, out there in the in the Cleveland area in the Cincinnati area where we, we have services that don't know that we exist. So how does that challenge does that challenge like multiply to what extent for those families that don't speak English?
1: So some counties have more resources than others. And um, which is wonderful, like in Cuyahoga County, for instance, there's a plethora of resources. What becomes a challenge for Spanish-speaking families is, let's just say, for instance, you have a a child with a, a child with autism who goes and wants to get ABA therapy. the The challenge is, is that they don't have bilingual supports. They're not communicating back with the parents, like what to do at home, you know. So again, it it becomes translation. Many of the documents, including at the Board of DD, are not translated into Spanish, so then they don't have a way to fill out the applications to get in. Those are some of the challenges, And and I just wanted to point out, too, another challenge is a lot of the kids, when they go to school, they're speaking English to their parents, and their parents don't understand them. Yeah. So they'll go to school, and then they come home, and their dad will say in Spanish, You know, uh, Dime de tu día. <laughs> and they're saying, Okay, dad, I'll tell you about my day. And they'll tell them in English. And the parents are frustrated because now not only are they having a communication barrier with the world, but their own kids understand them, but they can't communicate back with them in Spanish.
0: So it, it kind of that miscommunication in, in the home.
1: Yes, also. Mm-hmm. So it so those are uh, additional problems because the kids can go and work with the therapist, but then they can't come back and articulate completely. And this is if we have a high functioning person with autism. Obviously, if yeah. we have someone who's nonverbal, then then it, then it just increases all of those challenges for the family.
0: And generalizing skills is such a big issue for people with autism. So if if that communication barrier between the therapist or the counselor or whoever, with with without the you know not being able to talk with the family, it's just going to make things a lot more challenging.
1: Yes, communication is such an important piece, and everyone has to be together as a team. This is a community effort, and the way that. That our organizations can be supportive is to really make the communication of core importance. Try to get, and you know, there's a huge Spanish speaking population. So invest a little bit in getting documents translated and integrating people because what we teach at the coalition is that parent input, parent participation, and meaningful access, not just for the students, but for the parents will create better results overall for everybody. Mm -hmm.
0: When families come to the United States, uh, obviously every family is unique and different, but how often do they have the diagnosis of autism or other disabilities prior to coming to the United States, or is it usually when they get here?
1: Gosh, Doug, I don't don't know quite how to answer that question. I Mm -hmm. know that in Mexico they're very proactive. Mm -hmm. I I know that the doctors are very on top of things there, too. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how they're doing things in other countries. I know I have a large Puerto Rican population, and they are being identified in Puerto Rico, and they're receiving all the support, same as here. But as far as what resources are available... um, I think that they're probably similar. It just all comes down to the financial wherewithal to be able to afford everything because insurance doesn't always cover everything that the kids need, and they can't sometimes get all of the therapies, the speech therapies, and sometimes the deductibles are huge, and those are the core things that our kids need. They need ABA, they need speech. Some of, them, some of our kids need um, occupational therapy. Some need physical therapy. In addition to that, they need social skills and and that's another really difficult thing and I just want to say in Latin countries, social is a really big thing. That piece is so important and a lot of our families don't understand when they have a kid that's not well integrated into the family. It's a very difficult thing for the community to understand.
0: Hmm. Now, for organizations that want to support um, Latino people or people that English is not their first language, that they're not fluent in, what suggestions do you have for them?
1: I think that if they would connect with um, Spanish-speaking agencies, like I mentioned a couple like El Centro or El Barrio um, or Esperanza, connecting with those organizations, even United Way, they would get a better understanding of how they could come and be a part of the community, translating materials, making it more communication-friendly, and communicating with parents so that they're more integrated in the process. Also connecting with autism society or um, uh, support groups. They would, they would get a better uh, understanding of what are the core problems that the community has and what they can do to create bridges to supportive.
0: Well thank you Yvette, for okay. your for your time. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode and thank you to Yvette for the conversation. Did you know that autism personal coach saves people with autism from feeling alone and being isolated? So often teens and adults with autism struggle with anxiety and as a result don't have success in their lives. Autism Personal Coach is a unique service in that we help those with autism by working on meaningful, individualized goals in the setting in which they'll be used, so their anxiety is greatly reduced, and as a result, they can become more independent and successful. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself, it's very easy. All you have to do is email autismpersonalcoach at yahoo.com or call 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. In next week's episode, we will talk with Megan Metzeler. Megan is the writer and performer of the weekly Autism Stories theme song, Who Am I? Talk to you then.